Without financial education, kids are drastically unprepared for the financial world awaiting them. But now there's help. BusyKid is the only chore and allowance app where kids learn how to earn, save, share, spend, and invest their allowance. BusyKid is hands-on financial education that's fun for kids and easy on parents. Motivate your kids to do their chores while learning to make responsible decisions with their money. Go to BusyKid.com forward slash BK. That's BusyKid.com forward slash BK. BusyKid. It's allowance simplified. This is the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show, where we're always learning how to make way more money and pay way less taxes. Hi, I'm Tom Wheelwright. I'm your host and founder and CEO of Wealth Ability. And today I'm very excited. Think about this. What if you could choose whether you worked or not? What if you could choose whether you had a job or not? You know, a lot of us like what we do. We might have a high-profile job. We might have a job that is, that is a dream job for, for us or a lot of other people. And sometimes we want to go, okay, it's a dream job, but what if, what if we didn't have to do it? Okay, what if we had that choice? So today I'm very excited to talk to somebody who's actually been through this. He's been in a high-profile job. You'll recognize, you'll recognize this guy. You'll know who he is. You'll, you'll know where he came from. And he's, he's just an amazing person. We've become very good friends. So Clayton Morris, uh, many of you know, was the um, prime host of Fox and Friends for years and, and years. And uh, at the same time, he started investing in real estate. He's going to tell us that story. And what I, what I love most is that he's such a good friend. And, of course, he's, I mean, I've been on his podcast like five or six times. It's about time that Clayton Morris um, is on my podcast. I have to admit, I'm a little nervous because Clayton's the master interviewer. And I'm typically the interviewee, and, and, and we, we're going to do a little role reversal here. But, Clayton, thank you so much for being on our show. Oh, thank you, Tom. It's always great to, to connect with you. And like you said, I, I'm just so thrilled that you and I have become really good friends. And it's just funny to think, you know, going back a number of years ago, you were a guest on my podcast, the Investing in Real Estate podcast, where we talk about tax strategy. And, you're, you know, I think we reference you on our podcast probably like once a show. We're like, well, Tom <laughs> says this, Tom says that. You got to do it because Tom says it. I mean, you, you know, I just I love and I love that you started your own show. I listen to it every every time it publishes. I love it. I think you're just doing an amazing job. So it's so it's such a thrill for me to be here on your show. Well, I, I appreciate that, Clayton. So, 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 Clayton, take us back. So, you, you and I share something uh, in common here, and that's the reason that we we like being entrepreneurs. And let's talk about what was the trigger. Why, why, why did you even start? investing what what was even what was the impetus behind that you know i i really got clear about what happened you know in my later years you know you look back and you really see it all coming together you know i grew up with a lot of really negative associations with money so when i was little you know my parents would say you know money doesn't grow on trees we're not the rockefellers you know they had w2 employment jobs they would you know get a paycheck they had very little money in any kind of a retirement, they had no performing assets. So I really grew up like the poor dad version, you know. My dad 
he's 83. He still works very, very hard, you know, but he has not a lot to show for it uh, in the way of, you know, cash flow. So I watched my dad lose his job when I was 12 years old. And I remember the day that he came home and he was like pacing around the kitchen and I was upstairs kind of terrified. I overheard him saying that basically he had been, you know, he was downsized, but he just, he just thought he was fired because he was whatever, but he was the hardest working guy I know. And I remember thinking like, wow, that boss just altered the course of our family, you know, Mm. that because he didn't have anything else as a safety net, cash flow, anything else coming in in the way of performing assets, that boss on that afternoon, on that Friday, just altered the course of my family. And and, and it's interesting that you said he was downsized, so he wasn't fired. He was just downsized. Right, right. I mean, he wasn't even really fired, but, you know, he thought, and he was like, I'm going to hire a lawyer and go, you know, he, he... you know, he was in his 60s now, so it's going to be more difficult for him to get a job. And he just thought they were maybe playing the age, wow. you know, the age card. And But I remember him just, like, being so angry about it. Uh, and, you know, instead of being sort of proactive, he just was, like, wanted to respond in that way. And I remember thinking, wow, my life is over. We're going to have to move. We're going to have to sell the house. I remember crying. I, you know, I was 12. I didn't know what was going to happen. I, then it ended up happening to me. Years later, I'm working at Fox in Philadelphia, the host of Good Day Philadelphia, which is a morning show. They had encouraged me to move there and buy a house. It was my hometown of Philadelphia. I'm back. You know, they ran all these promos. I was on the side of a bus with like big pictures, you know, driving through the city, you know. So they did a whole big campaign where, and, but the, when I got there, the woman who had hired me, the news director, she was fired the next day or like that same week. Um, And she hired me to be like the fun morning show guy. They wanted to make the show fun again. So I'm there now. I have no internal support. This news director is gone. They bring in a news director that wanted to take the show in a really hard news, you know, if it bleeds, it leads direction in the morning. And I hated it. You oh, know, wow. and it was just not a good fit. And I was on a one-year contract. And nine months in, when there's an option window open in my contract, they called me up to the office and they said, hey, hope you know, it was a Friday. How's everything going? I said, oh, good, good. And they said, well, you know, you're, we have an option in your contract. We're not going to renew your contract. And I just, my, I, I just felt like I, I was flashback to being 12 again. I just felt like my whole destiny had been, you know, altered because of this one move. I remember just walking home through Philadelphia and through by Independence Hall and down towards my condo that I had bought to live there because they encouraged me to do it, you know. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I can't, how am I going to pay a mortgage on this house? What am I going to do? Um, and I vowed then, I, I didn't really put it into words, but I remember thinking, I'm never going to let this happen to me again. And that was where I decided to take charge. You know, that that's really interesting. Um, it's so parallel. Uh, I went through very much the same thing. You know, I was, uh, I was at Price Waterhouse. They had re- heavily recruited me to uh, run their um, state, multi-state tax division in Phoenix. And uh, they'd, I'd, I'd been at a uh, Fortune... Fortune 1000 company, in-house tax advisor. And uh, <laughs> I didn't last as long as you did. I only lasted seven months. <laughs> and they just they just flat out fired me. I mean, this was, you know, it's not working out. You're gone, et cetera. And I remember going home, and I had two young boys. I had two young boys. And I'm going, man, this is like... You know, this is not a, this is not a good thing. How do you, now now what do you do? Right, you're in this quandary. Now what do you do? Well, what I did was I moved back home with my parents. Oh wow! I mean, here I was. I think I was 29 or 30 at the time. I had no cash flow, no performing assets, and I had this mortgage in Philadelphia now to pay for. And I had a little bit of severance that they gave me, but not much. And 
fortunately, you know, we had gone through the crash, so we were on the other side of that, and it was a hot real estate market in Philadelphia. I was able to sell it. I sold it for a bit of a loss, but nonetheless, I got out from under it. But I was like, what am I going to do? You know, and I moved home to Reading, Pennsylvania, about an hour away from Philadelphia, moved into my old bedroom. I mean, how, how humbling is that? It's like Costanza moving wow. home. Seinfeld, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm eating dinner with my parents again. And, I mean, you know, God bless them, right? I mean, and, but it was a real tail between my legs kind of moment, you know, thinking about my life and what I wanted to do and what I was, where was I going to go. And right around that same time, I, I got an, uh, a job offer, fly down to Tampa to host a morning show down there. And at the same time, I knew that the network, Fox News Channel, was was asking me, was had called up and said, uh, "We've been, you know, we basically been watching your career for a long time. We'd like you to come up. We have a, show, a morning show, the Fox and Friends on the on the weekends, and we're looking to remake it. And we'd love for you know to possibly have Clayton host it and come up and do a guest host spot." Well, they, you know, their things move slowly, so they kept dragging their feet, and I was just like, "Well, should I take this job in Tampa?" And my dad, who was a paycheck guy, he couldn't believe that when I got back from Tampa, I just turned it down. I just said, you know, I, I think I'm listening to my intuition. I think that I'm going to be going to the network. I just have this feeling about it. And it took a little while, but sure enough, Fox invited me up, and I started anchoring, you know, uh, Fox and Friends, and for was there for ten years. But you know, and that was an amazing, an amazing move for me to get there and to be at the, you know, to be at the network. And that's when everything, you know, started to change for me. But I knew still, even though I'm going to the network, you know, that's the thing. Everyone thinks it's glamorous, and it certainly was. You know, here my office was a few doors down from Bill O'Reilly's office and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's still a job. It's still a paycheck, right? right. It's still a W-2 job. And so I knew I still had to, I had to figure that out and start to move into the world of performing assets and by, you know, getting cash flow. So how did how did you just how did you start investing? What I mean, how did you actually get into doing that? Because you did that while you were at Fox and Friends, right? Right. So I met Fox and Friends, and I had gone through you know I had gone through the collapse. I'd gone through all of that, and I had done some real estate stuff before, where I had like flipped a couple of condos when I lived in Orlando. One I lived in, one I lived next door to, and that's where I saw the power of buying properties off market. You know. Uh, the, the, the two-bedroom condo that opened up next door to me, um, this woman had lived there for 30 years, heavy smoker, you know, and she passed away. I had to go in and, like, oh, fumigate the place. So there was, like, nicotine on the walls. I mean, it was crazy. And I sold these two properties right before the crash happened. And I took that money and put it into some speculative project, which I'll never do again. <laughs> you know, now I buy single families and do do it smart. But then, man, I – so I really, like, lost my shirt and then through the crash – so I didn't get back into real estate investing until after I got to Fox and Friends, and my credit was hurt as a result of the crash. You know, I didn't have I didn't I, I didn't have the ability to just go out and get a loan on these things, even though I was you know making a great salary at Fox. And I was on I was on a flight to this is an amazing moment in my life. I was on a flight to New Zealand, and I was going there for five days to shoot photos. A friend of mine is one of the greatest photographers in the world, and he lives in New Zealand. He invited me there. To drive all around the South Island and take photos and, and, and everything. So and Natalie, my wife, gave me, she's like, fine, go, I'll watch the kids. And so I'm flying there, and 16-hour flight, I'm on the descent, and I finally start talking to the people next to me. And they're in their 50s, they weren't retired, and they said, hey, you know, how long are you going to be in New Zealand? I said, five days. 
And they said, ooh, that's a short amount of time for such a long journey. And I said, I know, I've got to get back to work, my, my paycheck, you know. And uh, I, I said, what about you guys? How long are you going to be here? And they said, oh, we're going to be here in New Zealand for two months. I said, two months? What do you guys do that you can go to New Zealand for two months? And he, said, and he just looked at me and said, oh, I'm a real estate investor. I said, ah. And so for the next 30 minutes before we landed, I just picked his brain. He told me where he buys in the Midwest, what types of houses, you know, single-family homes, 900 square feet, three-bedroom, one-bath, whatever. That was his milk, you know, that was his milk and toast. You know, that was his bread and butter. Right. And I, I just, I, I, as soon as I got back, I called Natalie, or as soon as I landed, I called her. And I said, we're, we're buying real estate. Here's where we're buying it. And that's when everything started for me. And I've, I've kept the same formula as the guy on that New Zealand flight ever since. And that's everything I buy to this day. And it's been the reason I've been able to reach financial freedom thanks to that. So, so here's what I love. And, and this is something that, that we teach on, the, on this podcast all the time is that, you know, this, this real estate investor you met, and then you take this, you're doing one thing. And you're going, okay, here's where I'm going to invest. Here's how I'm going to invest. These are, these are, these, these are the types of houses. These are the size of the houses. What I love, what, what really hits me here is this was, you, you met somebody who had a very clear set of criteria for building wealth. And then you just right. go, I'm just going to copy it. I'm going, right. how, how beautiful is that? We call that R&D, rip off and duplicate. Right. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, I'm not reinventing the wheel. But I mean, why would you? Know, you? And, right. And, you know, the thing is, you learn, as you know, I mean, a lot of the smartest real estate investors never went to college. Right. They're people you don't even know their names. They're they're like the quiet ninja. Right. They they oh, have absolutely. And they, they drive. They, they have this tendency to drive the worst cars. Right. And have the dumpiest offices. So I I, I was uh, so I. Ever since I've been in Phoenix for 30, 30 years, um, I've worked in my whole career. I've worked in the real estate area as a consultant, right? And, and I had this client, and his partner was, is still one of the biggest developers. And, and nobody who is not a developer would know him, okay? But here's a guy. He's in the dumpy little office, you know, in, in you know, back office, and he, he doesn't drive, he drives a car for like 30 years before he gets rid of it. And yet he's brilliant, right? And he's worth, this guy's worth literally hundreds of millions of dollars. One of the, the wealthiest uh, people in Arizona and nobody knows who he is. That is pretty typical of a real estate investor. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, to, to go back to that formula, you know, I ripped it off. I mean, it's so basic. And it is, it's not only like the way that I buy properties. You know, I buy properties personally, so in that fifty, sixty, seventy thousand range, all in. You know, that includes the amount I put into rehab, and then place a tenant in there with our property management teams that we work with. But that's also what led to my my company doing the same thing. So Morris Invest, my investment company, where we do this as a turnkey product for people, it's the exact same formula. So then I've just ripped it off for myself twice. You know, because it worked for me. So why not have it work for others? Right. And so now that's what we do for other people. I mean, and it's, uh, you know, Natalie and I are buying three properties this week. They're in the 60,000 range. Um, you know, we got them for cheaper than that, but we have to put about 20,000 of rehab into them. You know, they're going to be worth, I think they're worth about 70, 80. So we're getting them at that great price point. It's going to cash flow nicely, 800, 850 a month. 
and those will, you know, I'll get five-year leases on some of those properties, and they'll stay consistently cash flowing for me. And so I was buying those while I was at Fox. So when I announced that I was retiring at 40, it was one year ago, actually, on Labor Day, I, uh, I just had enough of all the crazy politics, and, you know, just you get death threats and emails, and you're on in front of two million people, everyone's got an opinion, you know? So right. I said, you know, I don't enjoy getting up at four in the morning anymore. Um, I used to. I don't like doing it anymore. Now I've got three kids. You know, I, I want to spend the rest of my life enjoying passive income, building this business, focusing on my family, being able to travel um, instead of spending five days in New Zealand, be able to spend two months there, you know, and it's been weird. It's been a whole year now not being on television. And people ask me all the time, you know, do you miss do you miss it? And I'm like, do you know what's going on in the Supreme Court right now? I, I do not want to be on <laughs> I don't want to be on TV having to talk about so, all that. That's stuff like right saying, now, that's know? like saying, do you miss the circus? Right, exactly, exactly. And so, no, I don't. I, I enjoy being able to like sit here and talk to you in our home studio and be able to you know talk about financial freedom. And this is way more powerful and impressive to me. I mean, I get the emails from people after you've been on our show, right? People are like Tom is a genius. Thank you so much for having him on. You know, he's. He's changed my life, like listening to his tax advice, reading Tax-Free Wealth has literally changed my family's life. Thank you for recommending that. Those are the emails that matter more to me than, hey, great interview today with Senator, what's his name? You know, who cares about that? You know, that was, you know, when I, when I, after I was been, was forcibly removed from Pricewaterhouse, um, I, uh, I, I, I took that same, I, I go, you know what, who do I really want to be with, right? I was looking at who do I want to spend time with? I'm going, I want to spend time with entrepreneurs. When it comes down to it, I love entrepreneurs. I I started my first business when I was nine years old. And, you know, when when I actually started my, my firm, my first accounting firm, I had all these people come up and said, it took you long enough. We all thought you would do it, but we just couldn't believe it took you 13 years in the corporate world before you finally figured out that this was your spot. And yeah. it's just fun. To, the impact, when, you know, the uh, uh, Buckminster Fuller is, of course, um, uh, the, the great genius, uh, one of the great geniuses of our, of our age. You know, I, I, I know one of his quotes is, is that the more people you serve, the more effective you become. And he says, that's a, that's a general principle. The more people you serve, the more effective you become. So the idea that you've taken this and, and you've, you've launched it to more and more people, I, I, I think it's fantastic. I love it. <clears throat> you know, our, what, what we're doing right now, as, as some of you all know, is that we're building a worldwide network of CPA firms, um, the Tax-Free Wealth Network. And the with that principle in mind, the more, you know, I did it at my own CPA firm, right? We, we, we built a CPA firm, did international CPA firm, 50 states, 30 countries. You know, I, I, I built a second, I'm, I've got a second CPA firm now. Um, but, but now I can share that with other CPAs. And it's just, the more, I think that the more, you know, once we figured out what we're doing, I almost think that we're obligated to share it. You know, it's funny you say that because when, Natalie and I came up with what we call, you know, our freedom number, and we call it our, you know, finding your financial freedom number. And we found it because I couldn't pay the mortgage. And we found it because we said, what if we could replicate the two rental properties we have cover so that those that rental properties would cover our monthly expenses. And I, you know, I jumped up out of my seat 
with a dry erase marker, and Natalie said, I'm going to go back and do some laundry. He said, no, no, you're not going anywhere. That's it. That's it. That's the answer, right? What if we could reverse engineer the amount of passive income it would take for us right. to live financially free based on these rental properties? And I jumped up on the marker board, and I wrote down a number. We had to figure out what our expenses were, and we figured it out. Now, to your point, we give that away. I mean, I try to talk about – I never ta- was able to talk about that on Fox, you know, as great job as it was. I had to talk about other stuff that didn't, that didn't really help people in any appreciable way. And once we started talking, we started giving away this three-page PDF on my website. People would write to us and say, oh, my God, this thing has changed my life. I'm able to sit down with my wife, my spouse, and we went through this, this financial freedom cheat sheet. And it, like, for the first time, we figured out that we have a goal. We only need six rental properties to live financially free. We don't need a million dollars. We only need three thousand five hundred and sixty-eight dollars per month in passive, you know, to live. So once it, it, you're right, that sharing, once you start putting it out there, it, it all starts to make sense. Oh. It, you really feel like you're helping the collective. A- absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's like uh, I, I remember um, Robert and Kim Kiyosaki, our friends, right? They um, <laughs> their their number was like three thousand dollars a month when they became financially free. They didn't right. have to have a ton of money in order to be financially free. So, you know, wh- whatever your number is, I mean, I, I like the dream, okay? I like, okay, what's the dream number? You know, and, and then you've got steps. You've got steps right. in there, and, and I think that's great. Now, one of the steps that I know that um, we, we can't get, you know, we can't get through a WealthAbility podcast without talking about taxes, right? So, right. But one of the steps I know that you took a few years ago was you basically came to one of our network CPA firms, and uh, just if you would, and we haven't previewed this, folks, so I have no idea what Clayton's going to say here, but <laughs> which is, you know, you know, the 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 lawyer in me, which I'm not a lawyer, but I do I do tax law, so the lawyer in me says never ask a question you don't know the answer to, but I have a pretty good idea that the the answer will be pretty good, but if you would just share, you know, a, a little bit of that experience because. You know, as as uh, Kiyosaki always says, the biggest expense you have is taxes, and so that's the right. one. That's the really one you ought to focus on. And I know you guys had, you know, in a big job like that, you were, must have been paying an enormous amount of taxes. And then all of a sudden, you start looking at, okay, is there another way to look at this? Yeah, I mean, a couple of points there, a couple of things to unpack. Um, the first thing is that we were doing it wrong when we first started investing in real estate, which is why I make it such a point on my podcast, you know, the investing in real estate podcast to bring on you, you know, and educate our audience before they buy that first property. You know, you're, you don't want to buy it in your own name. You want to buy it in an LLC. You know, you, all of these things we just didn't know at the beginning. Now we try to help other people do that ahead of time from a tax perspective and otherwise the liability perspective, all of those pieces. So we were reading, I think, I don't know how we found you. I mean, it was a bunch of years ago now, but we stumbled upon your book, Tax-Free Wealth, and we went through it, and holy smokes, you know, Natalie and I are the type of people where we just looked at each other and we said, we're, we are hiring him. <laughs> like, 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 we knew that, well, like, why fool around, right? You know, you can, you can cheat. Here's the way I look at life. Or you can cheap out on certain things, right? You can go and like, ah, you know, I'm going to buy this this bed at Ikea and it'll I'll probably last three years because it's made right. of particle board and it's going to fall apart. Or I can buy, you know, a, a really good bed from, I don't know, restoration hardware or something that's made of actual wood and will last a lifetime. 
right? How many of those IKEA beds will you buy in order to actually, you know, before you actually need them, another one again? You're going to keep buying them over and over again. So I'd rather just work with someone who's going to do it right. And that's where we came to you and started working with you. And it was amazing. I mean, I absolutely was transformative because what we ended up doing was having your, your team was like, look, you need to move these LLCs over. You need to do this. You, you have this property here that doesn't make any sense from a tax perspective. And on and on and on it was to move this in the right direction. And once your team, I mean, to see, last night, and this is not me blowing smoke at all. Last night we were around the table with a family member who flew in from California, and it was like six of us all sitting around talking about real estate. She works in the title world. You know, my relatives are there. They're investors in real estate with us at our company, et cetera. We pulled out our structured diagram from YouTube. <laughs> That's great. So you can explain more what that is, but honestly, the structured diagram shows basically who, what your companies and, and shows, how it all shows your whole life. We, we we just discovered years ago that uh, pictures uh, say a lot more than words. So we draw a picture um, both of where a client is at the beginning and then where they. Sh- you know, where we, we see them going and then eventually where they might go in, in the long term. So uh, I, I, lo- I, I love it. I, I actually get this comment a lot. Um, attorneys love these diagrams because they know what they're supposed to do. Um, but I, but I, I love you pull it out at a family gathering. This is fantastic. We did because we wanted to show our friend because, you know, our mother-in-law was asking and said, can you show this to, to, to Kathy here? And so we sat down, we showed how all of these LLCs that own our different properties report up to and, you know, to our holding company, the holding company then talks to our trust and all of these different moving parts, right? How, how does our transactional business in, intersect with the holding company and all of those pieces? And, and so your team being able to do that and be able to move parts around and help us uh, has been tremendous. And then, of course, saving us just a boatload of money. Um, and what I love about what you guys do is you're proactive, right? Um, so you're, 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 you're anticipating things for, for, for clients on a tax basis and then, you know, getting ahead of that before it comes back to bite you. And so that's where um, you just don't get that. You know, you, most of the time the CPAs we've worked with have been, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're dealing with things in the reverse, you know, right. They're um, historians. They're, they're historians exactly. is, is the problem. And they're always looking backwards. And, and that's actually when we, as we're building this network of CPA firms that we have, we have seven in our networks uh, already. Um, and we just started this in June. And as, as we're building this network of CPA firms, what, what we're doing is we're training them is that this is, this is what clients are looking for. I, I, I was talking to a, a CPA um, not too long ago, had, lunch with this partner in this big CPA firm actually here in Phoenix. And he, and he, and he goes, we have a tough time recruiting. And I said, the reason you have a tough time recruiting is because you don't pay enough. And the reason you don't pay enough is because you don't charge enough. And the reason you don't charge enough is because you don't do enough. So I think it's pretty simple. I think that, it's that pretty simple. Kick, yeah, that must have been a kick to the stomach. You, you know, and, and he just, he looks at me, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know not everybody, you know, not everybody's going right. to, not everybody's ready for the, not everybody's ready for the education, but I do have good news for you. So, um, I don't know if you know this, but our, the, the second edition of Tax-Free Wealth is out and yes. uh, it has all the updates 
for the new uh, the new tax law, the 2017 tax law. So we're very excited about that. Anybody wants it can go to uh, taxfreewealthbook.com and uh, pick it up, taxfreewealthbook.com. So um, we're very excited about that. And actually, I'm I'm actually in the middle of recording the audio book. So um, the audio book will be out soon. So it's it's very very exciting. And I love so my I have to tell you, Clayton, my my favorite testimonial ever was your wife Natalie. And of course. I don't know if you remember this, but but she actually she actually said this on a, a podcast and she goes, Tom, your book was a great beach read. And I'm going, <laughs> who reads a tax first of all, I'm thinking, this woman is nuts because who right. reads a tax book on the beach? But then I started thinking about it, I'm going, that's pretty cool. It's easy enough to read that you could even <laughs> read it on the beach. <laughs> It's true. I mean, yeah, she's crazy. I mean, she's very academic, but she, oh, yeah. I mean, this, honestly, it's one of the, if I had to pick like five books to go on my shelf, like my permanent shelf, if someone said, hey, you could only ever, you know, hand five books down to somebody that could help change their life, what would they be? One of them would be tax-free wealth, because oh, it really was a, a lightning you. bolt, you know. Thank you. That's, um, that's very generous. So, so um, Clayton, tell us where we can you know, where can our listeners find you? Where they can, because I, I think what you're doing is amazing and it's, it's so good. We have, you know, there's so many listeners that are just starting out. And, and to me, when somebody's just starting out, I'm going, you really ought to talk to Clayton Morris because I think you're so good at people who are just in the, just beginning and, and really don't have much idea about <clears throat> what to do and don't have much money. So where do we find you? Well, I think, you know, what we do at like our, at our company, Morris Invest, is, is we try to make it real simple for people to... Without financial education, kids are drastically unprepared for the financial world awaiting them. But now there's help. BusyKid is the only chore and allowance app where kids learn how to earn, save, share, spend, and invest their allowance. BusyKid is hands-on financial education that's fun for kids and easy on parents. Motivate your kids to do their chores while learning to make responsible decisions with their money. Go to BusyKid.com forward slash BK. That's BusyKid.com forward slash BK. BusyKid, it's allowance simplified. This is the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show, where we're always learning how to make way more money and pay way less taxes. Hi, I'm Tom Wheelwright. I'm your host and founder and CEO of Wealth Ability. And today I'm very excited. Think about this. What if you could choose whether you worked or not? What if you could choose whether you had a job or not? You know, a lot of us like what we do. We might have a high-profile job. We might have a job that is, that is a dream job for, for us or a lot of other people. And sometimes we want to go, okay, it's a dream job, but what if, what if we didn't have to do it? Okay, what if we had that choice? So today I'm very excited to talk to somebody who's actually been through this. He's been in a high-profile job. You'll recognize, you'll recognize this guy. You'll know who he is. You'll, you'll know where he came from. And he's, he's just an amazing person. We've become very good friends. So Clayton Morris, uh, many of you know, was the um, prime host of Fox and Friends for years and, and years. 
And uh, at the same time, he started investing in real estate. He's going to tell us that story. And what I, what I love most is that he's such a good friend. And of course, he's, I mean, I've been on his podcast like five or six times. It's about time that Clayton Morris um, is on my podcast. I have to admit, I'm a little nervous because Clayton's the master interviewer. And I'm typically the interviewee, and, and, and we, we're going to do a little role reversal here. But, Clayton, thank you so much for being on our show. Oh, thank you, Tom. It's always great to, to connect with you. And like you said, I, I'm just so thrilled that you and I have become really good friends. And it's just funny to think, you know, going back a number of years ago, you were a guest on my podcast, the Investing in Real Estate podcast, where we talk about tax strategy. And, you're, you know, I think we reference you on our podcast probably like once a show. We're like, well, Tom <laughs> says this, Tom says that. you got to do it because Tom says it. I mean, you, you know, I just I love and I love that you started your own show. I listen to it every every time it publishes. I love it. I think you're just doing an amazing job. So it's so it's such a thrill for me to be here on your show. Well, I, I appreciate that, Clayton. So 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 Clayton, take us back. So you, you and I share something uh, in common here, and that's the reason that we we like being entrepreneurs. And let's talk about what was the trigger? Why? Why? Why did you even start? investing what what was even what was the impetus behind that you know I, I i really got clear about what happened you know in my later years you know you look back and you really see it all coming together you know i grew up with a lot of really negative associations with money so when i was little you know my parents would say you know money doesn't grow on trees we're not the rockefellers you know they had w2 employment jobs they would you know get a paycheck they had very little money in any kind of a retirement, they had no performing assets. So I really grew up like the poor dad version, you know. My dad, he's 83, he still works very, very hard, you know, but he has not a lot to show for it uh, in the way of, you know, cash flow. So I watched my dad lose his job when I was 12 years old. And I remember the day that he came home and he was like pacing around the kitchen and I was upstairs kind of terrified. I overheard him saying that basically he had been, you know, he was downsized, but he just he just thought he was fired because he was, whatever, but he was the hardest working guy I know. And I remember thinking like, wow, that boss just altered the course of our family, you know, mm -hmm. that because he didn't have anything else as a safety net, cash flow, anything else coming in, in the way of performing assets, that boss on that afternoon, on that Friday, just altered the course of my family. Well, and, and, and it's interesting that you said he was downsized, so he wasn't fired. He was just downsized. Right, right. I mean, he wasn't even really fired, but, you know, he thought, and he was like, I'm going to hire a lawyer and go, you know, he, he, you know, he was in his 60s now, so it's going to be more difficult for him to get a job, and he just thought they were maybe playing the age, wow. you know, the age card, and, but I remember him just, like, being so angry about it, uh, and, you know, instead of being sort of proactive, he just was, like, wanted to respond in that way, and I remember thinking, wow, my life is over, we're going to have to move, we're going to have to sell the house, I remember crying, I, you know, I was 12, I didn't know what was going to happen. I, then it ended up happening to me. Years later, I'm working at Fox in Philadelphia, the host of Good Day Philadelphia, which is a morning show. They had encouraged me to move there and buy a house. It was my hometown of Philadelphia. I'm back. You know, they ran all these promos. I was on the side of a bus with, like, big pictures, you know, driving through wow. the city. You know? So they did a whole big campaign where – And but the, when I got there, the woman who had hired me, the news director, she was fired the next day or, like, that same week. Um, and she hired me to be like the fun morning show guy. They wanted to make the show fun again. So I'm there now. I have no internal support. This news director is gone. They bring in a news director that wanted to take the show in a really hard news, you know, if it bleeds, it leads direction in the morning. 
and I hated it, you oh, know, wow. and it was just not a good fit. And I was on a one-year contract, and nine months in, when there's an option window open in my contract, they called me up to the office, and they said, hey, hope you know, it was a Friday, how's everything going? I said, oh, good, good. And they said, well, you know, you're, we have an option in your contract, we're not going to renew your contract. And I just, my, I, I just felt like I, I was flashback to being 12 again. I just felt like my whole destiny had been, you know, altered because of this one move. I remember just walking home through Philadelphia and through by Independence Hall and down towards my condo that I had bought to live there because they encouraged me to do it, you know. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I can't, how am I going to pay a mortgage on this house? What am I going to do? Um, and I vowed then, I, I didn't really put it into words, but I remember thinking, I'm never going to let this happen to me again. And that was where I decided to take charge. You know, that that's really interesting. Um, it's so parallel. Uh, I went through very much the same thing. You know, I was uh, I was at Price Waterhouse. They had re- heavily recruited me to uh, run their um, state multi-state tax division in Phoenix, and uh, they'd I'd, I'd been at a uh, Fortune Fortune one thousand company in house tax advisor, and uh, <laughs> I didn't last as long as you did. I only lasted seven months, <laughs> and they just they just flat out fired me. I mean, this was you know it's not working out. You're gone. Etc. And I remember going home, and I had two young boys. I had two young boys, and I'm going, man, this is like, you know, this is not a, this is not a good thing. How do you, now now what do you do? Right, you're in this quandary. Now what do you do? Well, what I did was I moved back home with my parents. Oh wow! I mean, here I was. I think I was 29 or 30 at the time. I had no cash flow, no performing assets, and I had this mortgage in Philadelphia now to pay for. And I had a little bit of severance that they gave me, but not much. And fortunately, you know, we had gone through the crash, so we were on the other side of that. And it was a hot real estate market in Philadelphia. I was able to sell it. I sold it for a bit of a loss. But nonetheless, I got out from under it. But I was like, what am I going to do? You know, and I moved home to Reading, Pennsylvania, about an hour away from Philadelphia, moved into my old bedroom. I mean, how, how humbling is that? It's like Costanza moving wow. home. Seinfeld, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm eating dinner with my parents again. And, I mean, you know, God bless them, right? I mean, and, but it was a real tail between my legs kind of moment, you know, thinking about my life and what I wanted to do and what I was, where was I going to go. And right around that same time, I, I got an, uh, a job offer, fly down to Tampa to host a morning show down there. And at the same time, I knew that the network, Fox News Channel, was, was, asking me, was it, had called up and said, uh, we've been wa- you know, we basically been watching your career for a long time. We'd like you to come up. We have a, sh- a morning show, the Fox and Friends, on the, on the weekends, and we're looking to remake it, and we'd love for, you know, to possibly have Clayton host it and come up and do a guest host spot. Well, they, you know, their things moved slowly, so they kept dragging their feet, and I was just like, well, should I take this job in Tampa? And my dad, who was a paycheck guy, he couldn't believe that when I got back from Tampa, I just turned it down. I just said, you know, I think I'm listening to my intuition. I think that I'm going to be going to the network. I just have this feeling about it. And it took a little while, but sure enough, Fox invited me up and I started anchoring, you know, uh, Fox and friends and for, was there for 10 years, but you know, and that was an amazing, an amazing move for me to get there and to be at the, you know, to be at the network. And that's when everything, you know, started to change for me. But I knew still, even though I'm going to the network, you know, that's the thing. Everyone thinks it's glamorous, and it certainly was. You know, here my office was a few doors down from Bill O'Reilly's office and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's still a job. 
it's still a paycheck, right? right. It's still a W-2 job. And so I knew I still had to, I had to figure that out and start to move into the world of performing assets and by, you know, getting cash flow. So how did, how did you just, how did you start investing? What, I mean, how did you actually get into doing that? Cause you did that while you were at Fox and friends, right? Right. So I met Fox and friends and I had gone through, you know, I had gone through the collapse. I'd gone through all of that. And I had done some real estate stuff before where I had like flipped a couple of condos when I lived in Orlando, one I lived in, one I lived next door to. And that's where I saw the power of buying properties off market. You know, uh, the, the, the two-bedroom condo that opened up next door to me, um, this woman had lived there for 30 years, heavy smoker, you know, and she passed away. I had to go in and like oh, fumigate the place. There was like nicotine on the walls. I mean, it was crazy. And I sold these two properties right before the crash happened. And I took that money and put it into some speculative project, which I'll never do again. You know, now I buy single families and do, do it smart. But then, man, I, so I really like lost my shirt and then through the crash. So I didn't get back into real estate investing until after I got to Fox and Friends. And my credit was hurt as a result of the crash. You know, I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't have the ability to just go out and get a loan on these things, even though I was, you know, making a great salary at Fox. And I was on I was on a flight to this is an amazing moment in my life. I was on a flight to New Zealand and I was going there for five days to shoot photos. A friend of mine is one of the greatest photographers in the world and he lives in New Zealand. He invited me there to drive all around the South Island and take photos and, and, and everything. So and Natalie, my wife, gave me she's like, Fine, go, I'll watch the kids and so I'm flying there and sixteen hour flight, I'm on the descent and I finally start talking to the people next to me. And they're in their fifties, they weren't retired. And they said, hey, you know, how long are you going to be in New Zealand? I said, five days. And they said, ooh, that's a short amount of time for such a long journey. And I said, I know, i got to get back to work, my, my paycheck, you know. And uh, I, I said, what about you guys? How long are you going to be here? And they said, oh, we're going to be here in New Zealand for two months. I said, two months? What do you guys do that you can go to New Zealand for two months? And he, said, and he just looked at me and said, oh, I'm a real estate investor. I said, ah. And so for the next 30 minutes before we landed, I just picked his brain. He told me where he buys in the Midwest, what types of houses, you know, single-family homes, 900 square feet, three-bedroom, one-bath, whatever. That was his milk, you know, that was his milk and toast, you know, that was his bread and butter. Right. And I, I just, I, I, as soon as I got back, I called Natalie, or as soon as I landed, I called her. And I said, we're, we're buying real estate. Here's where we're buying it. And that's when everything started for me. And I've, I've kept the same formula as the guy on that New Zealand flight ever since. And that's everything I buy to this day. And it's been the reason I've been able to reach financial freedom thanks to that. So, so here's what I love. And, and this is something that, that we teach on, the, on this podcast all the time is that, you know, this, this real estate investor you met, and then you take this, you're doing one thing and you're going, okay, here's where I'm going to invest. Here's how I'm going to invest. These are, these are, the, these are the types of houses. These are the size of the houses. What I love, what, what really hits me here is this was, you, you met somebody who had a very clear set of criteria for building wealth. And then you just right. go, I'm just going to copy it. I'm going, right. how, how beautiful is that? We call that R&D, rip off and duplicate. Right. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, I'm not reinventing the wheel. But I mean, why would you? Know, you? And, right. And, you know, the thing is, you learn, as you know, I mean, a lot of the smartest real estate investors never went to college. Right. There are people you don't even know their names. They're they're like the quiet ninja. Right. They they oh, have absolutely. All... And they, they drive. They, they have this tendency. 
to drive the worst cars right and have the dumpiest offices so i i i was uh so i ever since i've been in phoenix for 30 30 years um i've worked in my whole career i've worked in the real estate area as a consultant right and and i had this client and his partner was is still one of the biggest developers and and nobody who is not a developer would know him okay but here's a guy he's in the dumpy little office you know in in you know back office and he he doesn't drive he drives a car for like 30 years before he gets rid of it and yet he's brilliant right and he's worth this guy's worth literally hundreds of millions of dollars one of the, the wealthiest uh, people in Arizona, and nobody knows who he is. That is pretty typical of a real estate investor. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, to, to go back to that formula, you know, I ripped it off. I mean, it's so basic. And it is, it's not only like the way that I buy properties. You know, I buy properties personally. So in that 50, 60, 70,000 range, all in, you know, that includes the amount I put into rehab, and then place a tenant in there with our property management teams that we work with. But that's also what led to my, my company doing the same thing. So Morris Invest, my investment company, where we do this as a turnkey product for people, it's the exact same formula. So then I've just ripped it off for myself twice, you know, because it worked for me. So why not it's have it work for others? Right. And so now that's what we do for other people. I mean, and it's, uh, you know, Natalie and I are buying three properties this week. They're in the 60000 range. Um, you know, we got them for cheaper than that, but we have to put about 20000 of rehab into them. You know, they're going to be worth, I think they're worth about seventy, eighty. So we're getting them at that great price point. It's going to cash flow nicely, 800 850 a month. And those will, you know, I'll get five-year leases on some of those properties, and they'll stay consistently cash flowing for me. And so I was buying those while I was at Fox. So when I announced that I was retiring at 40, it was one year ago, actually, on Labor Day, I... Uh, I just had enough of all the crazy politics and, you know, just you get death threats and emails and you're on in front of two million people. Everyone's got an opinion, you know. So I said, you know, I don't enjoy getting up at four in the morning anymore. Um, I used to. I don't like doing it anymore. Now I've got three kids. You know, I want to spend the rest of my life enjoying passive income, building this business, focusing on my family, being able to travel um, instead of spending five days in New Zealand, be able to spend two months there, you know, and. It's been weird. It's been a whole year now not being on television. And people ask me all the time, you know, do you miss, do you miss it? And I'm like, do you know what's going on in the Supreme Court right now? I, I, do not <laughs> want, to be on, I don't want to be on TV having to talk about so, all that that's stuff like right saying, now, That's know? like saying, do you miss the circus? Right, exactly, exactly. And so, no, I don't. I, I enjoy being able to like, sit here and talk to you in our home studio and be able to you know, talk about financial freedom. And this is way more powerful and impressive to me. I mean, I get the emails from people after you've been on our show, right? People are like, Tom is a genius. Thank you so much for having him on. You know, he's, he's changed my life. Like listening to his tax advice, li- reading Tax-Free Wealth has literally changed my family's life. Thank you for recommending that. Those are the emails that matter more to me than, hey, great interview today with Senator, what's his name? You know, who yeah. cares about you know, you know, that was, you know, when I, when I, after I was been, was forcibly removed from Price Waterhouse, um, I, uh, I, I, I took that, same, I, I go, you know what, who do I really want to be with? Right? I was looking at who do I want to spend time with? I'm going, right. I want to spend time with entrepreneurs. When it comes down to it, I love entrepreneurs. I, 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 had, I started my first business when I was nine years old, and 
you know, when, when I actually started my, my firm, my first accounting firm, I had all these people come up and said, it took you long enough. We all thought you would do it, but we just couldn't believe it took you 13 years in the corporate world before you finally figured out that this was your spot. And yeah. it's just fun. To, the impact, when, you know, the uh, uh, Buckminster Fuller's, of course, um, uh, the, the great genius, uh, one of the great geniuses of our, of our age, you know, I, I, I know one of his quotes is, is that the more people you serve, the more effective you become. And he says, that's a, that's a general principle. The more people you serve, the more effective you become. So the idea that you've taken this and, and you've, you've launched it to more and more people, I, I, I think it's fantastic. I love it. <clears throat> you know, our, what, what we're doing right now, as, as some of you all know, is that we're building a worldwide network of CPA firms, um, the Tax-Free Wealth Network. And the with that principle in mind, the more, you know, I did it at my own CPA firm, right? We, we, we built a CPA firm, did international CPA firm, 50 states, 30 countries. You know, I, I, I built a second, I'm, I've got a second CPA firm now. Um, but, but now I can share that with other CPAs. And it's just, the more, I think that the more, you know, once we figured out what we're doing, I almost think that we're obligated to share it. You know, it's funny you say that because when... Natalie and I came up with what we call, you know, our freedom number, and we call it our, you know, finding your financial right. freedom number. And we found it because I couldn't pay the mortgage, and we found it because we said, what if we could replicate the two rental properties we have, cover so that those that rental properties would cover our monthly expenses? And I, you know, I jumped up out of my seat with a dry erase marker, and Natalie said, I'm going to go back and do some laundry. I said, No, no, you're not going anywhere. That's it. That's it. That's the answer, right? what if we could reverse engineer the amount of passive income it would take for us right. to live financially free based on these rental properties? And I jumped up on the marker board and I wrote down a number. We had to figure out what our expenses were and we figured it out. Now, to your point, we give that away. I mean, I try to talk about, I never ta was able to talk about that on Fox, you know, as great job as it was. I had to talk about other stuff that didn't, that didn't really help people in any appreciable way. And once we started talking, we started giving away this three-page PDF on my website. People would write to us and say, oh, my God, this thing has changed my life. I'm able to sit down with my wife, my spouse, and we went through this, this financial freedom cheat sheet. And it, like, for the first time, we figured out that we have a goal. We only need six rental properties to live financially free. We don't need a million dollars. We only need three thousand five hundred and sixty-eight dollars per month in passive, you know, to live. So once it, it, you're right, that sharing, once you start putting it out there, it, it all starts to make sense. Oh. You really feel like you're helping the collective. A absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's like uh, I, I remember um, Robert and Kim Kiyosaki, our friends, right? They um, <laughs> their their number was like three thousand dollars a month when they became financially free. They didn't right. have to have a ton of money in order to be financially free. So, you know, wh whatever your number is, I mean, I, I like the dream, okay? I like, okay, what's the dream number? You know, you, and, and then you've got steps. You've got steps right. in there, and, and I think that's great. Now, one of the steps that I know that um, we, we can't get, you know, we can't get through a WealthAbility podcast without talking about taxes, right? So, right. but one of the steps I know that you took a few years ago was you basically came to one of our network CPA firms and uh, 
just if you would, and we haven't previewed this, folks, so I have no idea what Clayton's going to say here, but <laughs> which is, you know, you know, the 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 lawyer in me, which I'm not a lawyer, but I do I do tax law, so the lawyer in me says never ask a question you don't know the answer to, but. I have a pretty good idea that the, the answer will be pretty good. But if you would just share, you know, a, a little bit of that experience, because, you know, as, as uh, Kiyosaki always says, the biggest expense you have is taxes. And so that's the right. one, that's the really one you ought to focus on. And I know you guys had, you know, in a big job like that, you were, must have been paying an enormous amount of taxes. And then all of a sudden you start looking at, okay, is there another way to look at this? Yeah, I mean, a couple of points there, a couple of things to unpack. Um, the first thing is that we were doing it wrong when we first started investing in real estate, which is why I make it such a point on my podcast, you know, the Investing in Real Estate podcast, to bring on you, you know, and educate our audience before they buy that first property. You know, you're, you don't want to buy it in your own name. You want to buy it in an LLC. You know, you, all of these things we just didn't know at the beginning. Now we try to help other people do that ahead of time from a tax perspective and otherwise, the liability perspective, all of those pieces. So we were reading, I think, I don't know how we found you. I mean, it was a bunch of years ago now, but we stumbled upon your book, Tax-Free Wealth, and we went through it, and holy smokes, you know, Natalie and I are the type of people where we just looked at each other and we said, we're, we are hiring him. <laughs> like, like, we knew that, well, like, why fool around, right? You know, you can, you can cheat. Here's the way I look at life. Or you can cheap out on certain things, right? You can go and, like, ah, you know, I'm going to buy this, this bed at Ikea, and it'll I'll probably last three years because it's made right. of particle board and it's going to fall apart. Or I can buy, you know, a, a really good bed from, I don't know, Restoration Hardware or something that's made of actual wood and will last a lifetime. Right? How many of those IKEA beds will you buy in order to actually, you know, before you actually need them, another one again? You're going to keep buying them over and over again. So I'd rather just work with someone who's going to do it right. And that's where we came to you and started working with you. And it was amazing. I mean, I absolutely was transformative because what we ended up doing was having your, your team was like, look, you need to move these LLCs over. You need to do this. You, you have this property here. That doesn't make any sense from a tax perspective. And on and on and on it was to move this in the right direction. And once your team, I mean, to see, last night, and this is not me blowing smoke at all. Last night we were around the table with a family member who flew in from California, and it was like six of us all sitting around talking about real estate. She works in the title world. You know, my relatives are there. They're investors in real estate with us at our company, et cetera. We pulled out our structured diagram from your team. <laughs> That's great. So you can explain more what that is, but honestly, the structured diagram shows basically who, what your companies and, and shows, how it all shows works. your whole we, life. We, we we just discovered years ago that uh, pictures uh, say a lot more than words. So we draw a picture um, both of where a client is at the beginning and then where they. Sh- you know, where we, we see them going and then eventually where they might go in, in the long term. So uh, I, I, lo- I, I love it. I, I actually get this comment a lot. Um, attorneys love these diagrams because they know what they're supposed to do. Um, but I, but I, <laughs> I love you pull it out at a family gathering. This is fantastic. We did because we wanted to show our friend because 
she, you know, our mother-in-law was asking and said, can you show this to, to, to Kathy here? And so we sat down, we showed how all of these LLCs that own our different properties report up to, and, you know, to our holding company, the holding company then talks to our trust and all of these different moving parts, right? How, how does our transactional business in, intersect with the holding company and all of those pieces? And, and so your team being able to do that and be able to move parts around and help us uh, has been tremendous. And then, of course, saving us just a boatload of money. Um, and what I love about what you guys do is you're proactive, right? Um, so you're, 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 you're anticipating things for, for, for clients on a tax basis and then, you know, getting ahead of that before it comes back to bite you. And so that's where um, you just don't get that. You know, you, most of the time the CPAs we've worked with have been, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're dealing with things in the reverse, you know, right. They're um, historians. They're, they're historians exactly. is, is the problem. And they're always looking backwards. And, and that's actually when we, as we're building this network of CPA firms that we have, we have seven in our networks uh, already. Um, and we just started this in June. And as, as we're building this network of CPA firms, what, what we're doing is we're training them is that this is, this is what clients are looking for. I, I, I was talking to a, a CPA um, not too long ago, had, lunch with this partner in this big CPA firm actually here in Phoenix. And he, and he, and he goes, we have a tough time recruiting. And I said, the reason you have a tough time recruiting is because you don't pay enough. And the reason you don't pay enough is because you don't charge enough. And the reason you don't charge enough is because you don't do enough. I said, I think it's pretty simple. I think that, it's that pretty simple. Kick, yeah, that must have been a kick to the stomach. You, you know, and, and he just, he looks at me, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you know, not everybody, you know, not everybody's going right. to, not everybody's ready for the, not everybody's ready for the education, but I do have good news for you. So, um, I don't know if you know this, but our, the, the second edition of Tax-Free Wealth is out, and yes. uh, it has all the updates for the new, uh, the new tax law, the 2017 tax law. So we're very excited about that. Anybody wants it can go to uh, taxfreewealthbook.com and uh, pick it up, taxfreewealthbook.com. So um, we're very excited about that. And actually, I'm, I'm actually in the middle of recording the audio book. So um, the audio book will be out soon. So it's, it's very, very exciting. And, and I love, so my, I, I have to tell you, Clayton, my, my favorite testimonial ever was your wife, Natalie. And of course. I don't know if you remember this, but but she actually she actually said this on a, a podcast, and she goes, "Tom, your book was a great beach read." And I'm going, <laughs> "Who reads a tax?" First of all, I'm thinking, "This woman is nuts," because who right. reads a tax book on the beach? But then I started thinking about it. I'm going, "That's pretty cool. It's easy enough to read that you could even <laughs> read it on the beach." Right. <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah, she's crazy. I mean, she's very academic, but. She, oh, yeah. I mean, this, honestly, it's one of the, if I had to pick, like, five books to go on my shelf, like my permanent shelf, if someone said, hey, you could only ever, you know, hand five books down to somebody that could help change their life, what would they be? One of them would be Tax-Free Wealth, because oh, it really was a, a lightning you. bolt, you know. Thank you. That's, um, that's very generous. So, so um, Clayton, tell us where we can, you know, where can our listeners find you? Where they can, because I, I think what you're doing is amazing and it's, it's so good. We have, you know, there's so many listeners that are just starting out. And, and to me, when somebody's just starting out, I'm going, you really ought to talk to Clayton Morris because I think you're so good at people who are just in the, just beginning and, and really don't have much idea 
about what to do and don't have much money. So where do we find you? Well, I think, you know, what we do at, like our, at our company, Morris Invest, is, is we try to make it real simple for people to invest in real estate, you know, and make it as, a turn, as turnkey and easy as possible. You know, you're still involved in your, your assets, right? You're still paying your taxes. You're still, you know, uh, you know, dealing with all of those things, setting up your bank accounts and everything. So it's not like you just set it and forget it like Ron Popeil. But we try to make it as easy as possible uh, on that side of things. But I would say if people are just getting started and they really not sure where to turn in real estate and putting all together, you know, our podcast, the Investing in Real Estate podcast with Clayton Morris is a great way to start. We also have a YouTube channel called Morris, just my last name, Morris Invest. And we have a playlist called Getting Started. Um, And it's like five videos. And you know, I, and it, it's really just like five videos, I believe, where it just kind of walks you through like passive income, understanding how to set things up properly and how to get started in real estate investing. And, you know, Tom's been a guest on our on our podcast many times um, and just such great knowledge and wealth about uh, a wealth of knowledge about real estate investing and how to set things up properly. All of that is in there. So. We hope people will uh, will check that out. And I, I want to have you back on the show, man. We got to get you back on real soon so we can talk about the second edition of Tax Free Wealth. And and now that you have nine months of the tax code digested, you know what does that look like? So I, I can't wait to have you back oh, on. Absolutely, and thank you, uh, Clayton. Uh, lo- love your story. Love having you on. Of course, you and Natalie just such uh, amazing people. So thank you for everybody. Just remember that you know when you really get a sense of investing and what the power is of investing and and the ability to actually build wealth while reducing your taxes, you're always going to have way more money and pay way less tax. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. As an additional thank you, I want to give a special gift just to our podcast listeners to help you jumpstart your journey to building massive wealth tax-free. This is a group of not just one, but five of my top educational resources on this topic. There are several amazing, helpful PDF downloads and two training videos. These resources are not available and we don't give them away anywhere else. So get these bonuses now. All you have to do is go to wealthability.com slash gift. That's wealthability.com forward slash G-I-F-T and get these gifts to jumpstart your wealth now. You've been listening to The Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.